1: The Wisconsin Badgers suffered a pretty disappointing loss, a 31-22 to 22 deficit to the Washington State Cougars back in Week 2. That's the first loss for Luke Fickle and company in the new regime, and we've got a lot to talk about because – This is a reality check for a team who said at the beginning that their objective was to win championships here in Madison, a team with high expectations, a team projected to win the Big Ten West, and now a disappointing loss to an unranked team that ends up being now number 23. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to break it all down here on Badgers Talk with your host, Rohan Chakravarti. But let's start it off. You know, let's, let's talk about this game before we head on over to the overarching kind of things. Let's talk about the offense because... The offense was really somewhat of a tale of two halves. You know, you you have the first half, the Badgers down 24 to 9. They come back, uh, they scored 13 consecutive points, weren't able to convert on a two-point conversion, end up losing 31 to 22. But, you know, the offense started to wake up in the second half. And even in the first half, when you look at it, right, three field goal drives, they got into scoring position three times, just were never able to convert from a field or from a touchdown, instead having to resort to field goals for all three times. Tanner Mordecai, no, I, I don't hate this performance at all. I think Tanner Mordecai played fairly well in week two and showcased some of the Tanner Mordecai he was uh, at SMU. Was this perfect for Tanner Mordecai? No, not by any means. And there's still a good amount to improve for the quarterback's game, but the sixth-year quarterback showcased aggressiveness. He hit all he hit passes on all you know three levels of the field, and he showcased you know ability to also work off schedule, which is important in this offense as well. When you know that that half-field read isn't necessarily there. Tanner Mordecai, though, I thought you know, uh, I thought he played well, and I mean, this is considering. You had two fumbles, a strip sack and that ended up being a touchdown as well. You know, there are some plays where you are you do question uh, his pocket awareness and things like that. But overall, I thought Tanner Mordecai looked downfield, was consistently trying to hit receivers downfield, and even on the incompletions, you know, he was just, he was just a half yard off on some of them, just a little, you know, he's gotta, he's gotta work on the accuracy a little bit, just a little too, uh, too far out on some of these throws that could have been major completions downfield, but he had completions to Jamari DK completion to Bryson green, some of these long, long completions that ended up resulting in chunk plays that allowed the Badgers to get into scoring, uh, you know, into scoring range and end up putting some points on the board. He also had a phenomenal play, a 16 yard touchdown to Skyler bell where he's rolling to his left when you make that crossbody throw, people don't realize how difficult that is. A great catch from Bell, but a good ball from Mordecai, you know, making something work off schedule and getting that ball in for a touchdown. Um, and I think that this is the value that you have when you when you're talking about a sixth year uh, quarterback. Right. After an inconsistent first half for the offense where they could only score nine points, you talk about the second half. I mean the offense never gave up in this game. They were able to bring uh you know uh, help, uh with aid from the badger's defense who played much better in the second half. They were able to to come back into this game and they were able to make an impact and I think that that's uh that's definitely important for for the for the 49ers. Oh sorry, for the badgers, excuse me. Mixing up my two teams here, but it, it's very important for the badgers in that when you can have this symbiotic relationship, what Luke Fickle called complementary football after the game, when you can play complementary football like that, you can see the impact that this Badgers team overall, not only offense or defense, but overall can have. And so offensively on a day where the run game was absolutely eliminated by the, the, the edge rushers and, you know, the guys playing the edge for Washington state and Ron stone, jr. And Brennan Jackson, the passing game was where you kind of had to go, and you also had to operate with a quick game, but also, you know, feature some aggressiveness because you're, you're facing a pretty solid pass rush. So you want to get the ball out quick, but you also want to get some chunk plays. You know, spread out the defense a little bit so you have some more opportunity, force them to maybe only rush four, and give yourself a little more of a chance to potentially make some plays. And the Badgers' offense did that on uh, to 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 some accord. You know, now they've got to be better. You you can't probably win a lot of games only scoring twenty two points. They've got to be better, but the opportunities were there, and so that's something I want to highlight. Now, opportunities are opportunities. What it comes down to is execution. And even when I'm talking about a guy like Tanner Mordecai, where you know he misses some of these deep throws by just uh, you know a half inch or uh, you know whatever whatever the margin is, it's still a miss. It, 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 at the end of the day, when you look at the result, it's an incompletion, not a completion for a chunk play. And so those kind of things you do have to improve, but at least it was a encouraging sign after seeing some inconsistencies with the passing offense in week one. Now as for the running backs, the running backs just had no room to run in in, in week two. Uh, You'd see, you know, some traction in week one where it was, the offense was spreading itself out in the passing game that allowed, you know, pretty favorable matchups on the inside where it's one-on-one blocking and you're able to get past the line of scrimmage because the offensive line is able to make, you know, maintain some of those key blocks and allow these running backs to get to the second level. That wasn't the case. The Washington, Washington state Cougars, they smothered um, the, the, the front, you know, the front five and really this run game for the Badgers. And it starts off with their edge play. Ron Stone Jr., Brennan Jackson both did a good job both in the run and the pass. You know, when they're able to contain the edge, you can't have these plays where you bounce out to the outside. You can't have misdirections. You can't have, you know, the the uh, kind of make something out of nothing plays and things like that that the Badgers were accustomed to in week one at times. You, you kind of have to go with whatever the game plan is uh, – uh, whatever the game plan calls for. And if it's runs up the middle, well, you've got other players up there in the secondary and in that second level of the defense with the linebackers that are able to make plays, Washington Washington state's got a good linebacker. And I mean, a guy who was flying all across the field a guy who I tried to warn you guys about coming into the game, was safety Jaden Hicks. Jaden Hicks had a great game. He, when you look at his trigger and the way that he's able to just jump into the line of scrimmage from the safety position, Jaden Hicks had a great game for Washington State, eliminating some of these runs. But the other issue was not only did the offensive line, you know, have some struggles early on, the defense also, when you when you give up 24 points, it's hard for you to maintain, you know, a balanced game plan, run the ball a lot while not understanding the urgency that comes with trying to get back into this game. You know, the, the batters have to rely on their passing attack because they were down 24 to nine at some point in this game. And they were, you know, they were trailing for a majority, if not the entirety of this game. And so when you talk about the run game, that's where, you know, the main struggles occurred. It's one, the offensive line couldn't block as well um, especially uh, you know, on that, on that edge play, which is what Luke fickle kind of alluded to uh, earlier today when we spoke to him. And then two, The defense, you know, giving up as many points as they gave up, that forced a change in, uh, you know, an alteration in game plan to airing the ball out a lot more than you might have expected to start it off. Now, that doesn't mean that the Badgers didn't feature their running backs. Braylon Allen still had a good amount of catches, you know. Funny enough, he now leads the Big Ten with 13 catches in the two games. And I asked Luke Fickle about that earlier today. Is that going to be a good portion of... Uh, what your passing game is going to be and he said that's an area they're going to want to improve on you know and a, a different element for running backs is getting the ball out in space and what better way to do it than catching a pass in the flat looking ahead of you and trying to make a play out of it and the badgers trust both of their running backs even after the fumble from Ches Malusi earlier uh this week they trust both of their running backs they want both of their running backs to make plays in space and that includes you know a lot for braylon allen where you You're putting him out in space. He's a bigger guy. You're trying to get him uh, different opportunities, different ways to get the ball, showcase the other portions of his talents as well. So Allen now with 13 catches, that's that's an interesting sign for the Badgers. Do I like the amount of volume that he's getting? I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan of it just because I think some of the plays that they run to Allen are predictable and also – puts a significant onus on some of your wide receivers, whereas, you know, the defense is charging forward at you, it only results in a few short yard plays. But maybe in a tempo offense where you're trying to just get a few yards of play and continue to turn, you know, uh turn the sticks, I think that 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 that's something that they could definitely continue to work on and i think especially when you kind of get a little more gelling with everybody in terms of the timing for the passes as well as the blocking downfield i think you can uh this this could be something that the badgers continue to utilize maybe to a lesser degree but something that they continue to utilize and head coach luke fickle alluded to yeah this is something we were going to work want to work on and something we're going to want to focus on and so you know there's there's another portion of the game that the Badgers could add to their offensive approach going forward. One thing I do want to say, I like that Braylon Allen's getting a lot of volume. I mean, he's a talented player. You definitely want to get him as much volume as possible. I do want to see Ches Malusi though out there in the in in the receiving game. I think his build might be a little uh, better for when you get him out in space that he can accelerate. You know, he can he can he could potentially get you some of those you know grind yards a little better. Um, but we'll see. The Badgers like to feature Allen. Because not only because of what he provides in the run game, but now as a dual threat, you know, a a dual threat commodity, it's tough for defenses to guard that. You know, it's not like they can stack the box. It it provides them a a couple of different avenues now that they can bring in the ball, but also uh, show defenses different offensive looks that they're going to have to be wary about not only the run, but also the pass to the running backs. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, Wide receivers had a good game. I mean, when you look at it, there wasn't any major, major drops. Will Pauling continues to be featured. Shameri DK had some huge catches. Uh with Bryson Green as well. Bryson Green caught a, you know, he caught a deep ball. And so when you look at the overall way that the passing game kind of uh went in week two, I I like the the continue to 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 spread out the ball. You know, you want to make sure that all of your targets are getting the ball. And I thought that the badgers did a good job of that in week two. I mean when you look at the overall kind of portion of it wisconsin you're trying to feature as many weapons as possible and i know the tight end position you know you don't necessarily see as much volume towards the tight end position uh thus far the badgers aren't as strong at that position you got true tight end or true freshman tucker rashcraft really serving as your main guy but on the day i mean you look at it well pauling five catches 78 yards i said before the season I feel he's going to be the guy that paces the Badgers in receiving yards and receiving catches this year out of the receivers. Chimere Dike, though, I mean, he had a 75 yards, four catches. He also had a 41-yard catch early in the game. Bryson Green, no slouch. He had five catches. Or sorry, two catches for 54 yards. Skyler Bell, five catches, 44 yards. Braylon Allen, six catches, 12 yards. CJ Williams even got in the mix. I mean, that's a lot of receivers. You talk about, you know, spreading the ball out. The Badgers got their si- their top six guys in the fold, all of them. I mean, sorry, their top five guys in the fold, all of them. I mean, Skylar Bell's going to get in there, get some slot work in, maybe even some four receiver set work in. But CJ Williams was the guy, you know, you wanted to start getting going and as well as the top three. I mean, it's cool to see Tanner Mordecai, not only, you know, uh, he- he's getting comfortable with a lot of these guys and, for a team with a lot of transfers, for a team with you know some gelling that's required in this potential group uh, with the quarterback, it's it's good to see that the Badgers are kind of getting on getting on board. Green kind of getting uh, himself in the mix. Pauling obviously continuing to do what he does, and then Jamari DK being as reliable as he is. So, you know, the Badgers that's a good sign for them, but. Receivers, I, I think that this is going to be a strong suit for this team. Receivers and running backs. I think that, that both groups are going to be a strong group, uh, strong, you know, uh, hold for this team. And why this performance is promising for for both of these positions? Well, last week, what happened? The passing game didn't work as well. So what do they do? They relied on the running game. This week, the running game didn't work as well. Washington State had them figured out. They had them out game planned. So the Badgers focus on the passing game. And the good thing is, having as many receivers as you do allows you. To potentially, you know, not necessarily be one-sided, but if the game calls for it, you can rely on your passing game, whereas in the past, the Badgers might not have had as great pass catchers and, you know, as good of a quarterback. So, you can kind of focus, uh, you want as balanced of attack as possible, but when one side's not working, you can rely on the other side a little more. But this offense still has a little bit to go. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, when you talk about 22 points, when you talk about the way this offense goes, you're, uh, a huge thing Luke Fickle continues to talk, to talk about is finishing. you got to be able to finish some of these drives. Um, the Badgers can't continue to just pile on field goals. I mean, their first drive, you know, it got killed because – or their first scoring drive, uh, they started off well. Uh, DK got them a, a good start. They started their own 40, um, and, you know, you had uh, – you got all the way to the Washington State 25. A sack puts you out of or forces you into a field goal. Vacos kicks that. The next one, I mean, you're close. You get to the 16 yard line, can't finish that drive. Another Vacos field goal. Then the third field goal, which came at the end of the half, you get to the Washington State 11 and you still can't finish the drive, you know, it's things like these that the batters kind of have to focus on cleaning it up, making sure that you're able to finish these drives, not, you know, uh, not being succumbing, not succumbing to these penalties, uh, making sure fumbles, you know, those kind of things don't occur either, but it's a a good amount to work on for the, for the offense. But I thought that, you know, there were still some promising features as well, but the one group that I think will have the lowest grade of them all offensively, the offensive line, I thought, Well, when it comes to Wisconsin football and also Luke Fickle's mentality, winning in the trenches is what's going to help you win games. The Badgers did not win in the trenches on week two. Uh, Jack Nelson obviously had probably one of his roughest games as a Badger. Uh, Going up against Ron Stone, gave up two sacks, uh, or sorry, two strip sacks that ended up being both of Mordecai's fumbles. I believe Ron Stone finished the game with two sacks. Kyle Thornton had the third sack. But the Badgers were dominated both in the run and the pass on the ebb, at the edge. I mean, Riley Malman, Jack Nelson, not the strongest game for them. Uh, Brennan Jackson and uh, Ron Stone Jr. Both of them had a you know they had a good job. Uh, they did a good job containing and you know doing well in the pass rush. This was a a good performance from Washington State uh, on the uh, with their defensive line versus. The Badgers' offensive line, and that's why the run game didn't work as well. That's why two of the turnovers were created that ended up essentially being the main dictator. You know, with Mordecai's two fumbles, one was returned for a touchdown, and things like that. So, when you when you look back at it, it's it's trench play that kind of leads to some of these turnovers, and the Badgers obviously struggled with that trench play overall. But if we move over to the defense, the defense is where I kind of got a lot of thoughts here um starting off you know we'll, we'll start off with the front guys thought the front guys weren't as great in this game um you know especially early the batters thought that they could rush three and it's not that they it's not that that was a bad game plan the point of rushing three is that you have another guy out there that can help contain the quarterback as a linebacker you drop eight in the coverage you're kind of forcing cameron ward to make decisions but cameron ward had plenty of time he was able to figure out uh you know different uh different ways to throw the ball or different ways to run the ball he was very very comfortable in the first half and the number one thing the badgers couldn't do is let cameron ward be comfortable especially early and allowing him to develop the rhythm that he ended up developing in that first half where they scored 24 points you know Ward Ward was the X Factor in this game for the for the Badgers. Uh he he was the guy who you really had to stop. And I believe my matchup to watch this week was Cameron Ward versus versus the Badgers defense, you know, because he was the true guy who could extend the drive for Washington State, could be a threat both on his both with his legs and in the air. You know, there's so much that you have to that you have to account for when it comes to Cameron Ward, who's a much improved pass, uh, he's, a, he's a much improved passer as well. And so, you know, the way that the Badgers started, it was pass rusher wasn't there. They were trying to rush three. Unfortunately, the Badgers don't really have the edge guys and the defensive line overall to be able to rush three and successfully get to the quarterback that much. That With that, that means you're putting an onus on your secondary and on your linebackers, and you're putting an onus on sound tackling when whenever the play gets made. And so, it's tough to hold up for that long in coverage and, you know, be able to create plays. It was a fine first drive, but then, you know, Washington State starts up. They get, they, they end up, uh, you know, getting a, their first touchdown drive um, early on, and that ends up being, you know, that ends up being uh, the, the starting for Washington State. They score a touchdown. Badgers couldn't respond. They only get a field goal. Then Washington State scores a touchdown. What did Badgers do? A field goal. Then Washington State scores. They were just consistently ahead of the Badgers in this game. And it was a plethora of big plays, but also, you know, figuring out different ways to move the chains for Washington State. Defensive line, not that promising in the first half. I thought second half, you know, James Thompson, he he had a, a couple of nice plays, including the safety. Um, ended up with one and a half sacks. Um, you know, the badgers continued to dial up pressure in different ways. Muman and Jong meta, Jake Cheney got sacks. Um, CJ Getz, I believe, was the other one who uh, shared a sack with James Thompson, ended up with four sacks on the day, but you might've wanted some of this pressure from the linebackers. You know, these linebacker blitzes that Trestle showed eloquently in the second half of week one, start that earlier. The Badgers weren't prepared early enough. They tried to be a little more vanilla early enough, tried to kind of be basic. Uh, rush three, drop back eight, and see uh, see if you could stop Cam Ward. That didn't happen. And on top of that, when you when you look at the beginning of the game, the Badgers were clearly outmatched by the by Washington State's tempo. It was interesting because when I spoke to Mumen Zhang Meta earlier this week, he said that he felt tempo offenses were overrated. And Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle didn't say that necessarily, but he said that the team would be prepared for it. And when you look at the way that the defense aligned, there were several miscommunications and also several penalties because they weren't lined up in, in time. And those miscommunications led to a lot of those big plays. You know, it's not only the one on one coverages that the Badgers got burned and then that led to big plays, it was a lot of miscommunications that led to some of these big plays where. Uh, It was a great design from Benjamin Arbuckle and just the way that the tempo worked, you know, the Badgers just felt that they were taken off guard. And so that can't be happening. You can't allow for your defense to consistently make these mistakes. And it was a much better performance in the second half. Don't get me wrong, but it's too little too late. The Badgers cannot start as slowly as they have now in the first two games defensively and expect to consistently win games. You know, it was only 10 points in the first, in the first game, but you could sense they were starting slow before shutting them out or, uh, you know, closely shutting them out in the second half, they scored seven points off a turnover. And then in this game, it's only seven points after at the end, um, after shutting them out for a good portion of the second half, but you gave up 24 points in the first half, that kind of thing, you know, and again, it's 17 points. One of them was a fumble return touchdown, but it's like that kind of thing where you, you do want the defense to have a little more consistency throughout the game. And it's, not only on the players, which they do have to execute better, but they have to prepare a little better as well. And they weren't prepared for the up-tempo offense of Washington State this week. That that was something that it seemed pretty clear with the way that substitutions weren't working, with the way uh the the amount of miscommunications they had, things like that. You gotta improve going forward. And Unfortunately, I mean, again, this is a part of the gelling process. Mike Trestles is a new coordinator, some new players in a new scheme, things like that. You're, you're still working through the kinks, but you would have hoped that, you know, there was some increased level of consistency than what we saw in week two. Linebackers-wise, I mean, I thought it was all right. You know, uh, there were a couple of poor Jake Chaney plays early on. Uh, I think I charted like two or three where it was either a missed tackle or a bad angle that I felt uh, occurred. Um, but Chaney Muma both had a sack. Jordan Turner obviously out the first half of the game. Um, so there are a couple of things. But, it, I mean, when you talk about the Badgers overall, those were the main takeaways I had defensively. Um, something I do want to point out, though, defensive backs, Kamoy Latu was pulled. Um, he, he was benched in this game. And... Luke Fickle spoke about it earlier today, said Kamoi Latu took it well, um, still want to make sure that he's a portion of the game plan. They believe he's too talented to stay on the sidelines, but he was pulled, um, you know, didn't have the best week one. And that over-aggressiveness and the way that Kamoy Latu plays in, in a way a little emotionally that c- might cost the Badgers. And they decided to place Preston Zachman, a guy who hadn't really played in the Kamoy Latu role at all uh, during practice, according to Fickle, they placed him in and then they felt he did a pretty solid job. So that's a storyline of monitor going forward, but the badges right now, defensively a couple of things to work on for sure. Um Intrigued to see if there's a little more nicer fork on this week. I didn't see him as much early in the game. And so intrigued to see if they have a little more of him earlier this week. I'd assume though, um, you know, with a little slower tempo now, you might be able to make better substitutions. You might be able to be a little more on pace, but this is a humbling, humbling loss for the Badgers. That's the that's the word that they use to describe it. This is a humbling loss. And so I mean, this is something that, that Wisconsin's really got to look forward, evaluate, and look and see can they can they achieve what their aspirations were this season? Because they were they, they had some pretty high aspirations. And now, you know, you're going to have to find a much different better way to win than than the, the team you saw in week two. That's the only way the Badgers can truly reevaluate themselves, come across and have a truly uh, over, overly successful season where they can make a Big Ten championship. I do want to talk about coaching, though, because coming into the season i thought coaching was going to be one of the biggest positives for the badgers i mean you got a very experienced head coach in luke Fickle. you've got a coordinator in mike trestle who was named the co I forget what it was like he he was given a, an award in 2022 f- uh, for being one of the best coordinators in his conference i mean he's a guy who is well established as well um been at michigan state was at cincinnati you know he's well established and his 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 scheme can work it's aggressive but it can work You've got good coaching staff, uh, a good coaching staff all across the board thought that the Badgers were outcoached by a more inexperienced staff in week two. Um, uh, You know, you got Jake Dickard over there of Washington state. It's his second year as a head coach. Benjamin Arbuckle, a fairly new coordinator as well. But I thought both of them, you know, did a phenomenal job for Washington state in week two, whereas the Badgers seemed outcoached. I talked about the miscommunications and things like that. That's a coaching thing. And Luke Fickle took accountability for it. He said that we got to prepare our guys better for those tempo situations and things like that, but that should have happened. And I felt like with, Already facing a tempo offense, it seemed like, you know, some of these clicks could have happened earlier this offseason, and especially this week when you're talking about the tempo, because that was the true thing Washington State had to its favor, because once you're playing tempo, that really accelerates how Cam Ward can play, because it kind of allows him to to operate on his own and make plays in, in different ways. And unfortunately, the Badgers were not prepared for that. But also mentally, I mean, it seemed like in, it, it, at the beginning of the game, they were just defeated. Um, you love the resilience because, like I, like I said, a tail of two halves earlier for some of the offensive pieces, some of the defensive pieces, that was the same for coaching. I mean, the way that they were able to will this team to come back and fight in the second half, unfortunately couldn't finish. It's definitely something to point out. But it's intriguing that an experienced coaching staff got outcoached in week two, you know, um, by a more inexperienced coaching staff ones in their second year. That's uh. do I expect that for the entirety of the year? No, I, I I have full faith in Luke fickle. I think Luke Fickle's a phenomenal head coach. And I think that, you know, when you look at the hiring, when it's all said and done, it's going to be a very good hire for Wisconsin, but that was another portion of maybe, you know, underestimating your opponent a little bit, which I didn't expect from the fickle era this early. Let's talk about some improvements though. The Badgers can make some improvements. Um, you know, uh, if you're talking about this like this this team overall, uh, talk about offensively. I think offensively some improvements you can make uh, that I kind of hope to see in game. Um, if, if your tackles are having a bit of a tough time. you got different ways to chip them. you can use running backs, you can use tight ends. The badgers utilize two tight end sets a couple of times. you know, you can use tight ends. you can chip a little bit, especially when the tight end in this offense isn't as valuable at least at the moment given the way the badgers have utilized their tight ends, that could be a, a, a way where you could help out your, you know, your tackles against those tougher uh D end opponents or uh you know, outside linebacker opponents chip them. Um that's 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 a potential solution there um that I thought could have occurred, but overall improvements wise offensively if the run isn't working, good way. I, I, You know, you might want to set up the pass earlier than the run. But more so, I think the biggest improvement kind of has to be discipline. When you talk about the penalties and things like that, the little mental, thing, mental mistakes that set the Badgers back, you're hoping that those kind of erase themselves as the season goes on. The Badgers had four penalties, I believe, for 30 yards in this game. But the biggest mental issue, I mean, not mental issue, the biggest discipline issue was the turnovers, right? Tanner Mordecai fumbles twice on strip sacks. Chesma Lucy fumbles on a controversial call and things like that. And the reason that it's more of a negative show and not a positive show is because despite all of these, the Badgers still had a very good shot to win this game. Unfortunately, you know, with the ball at the 50 yard line down two points uh, late in the game, they were not able to convert. They had a very good shot of winning this game. And I don't want to sound overly negative. We're going to get to, um, you know, the outlook of the season going forward in a bit, but that's kind of why you want to see where do the Badgers go to where they don't have to be in this situation again. I mean, this is a very good – it was a very solid Washington State team. Don't get me wrong. But you do want to put yourselves in a situation where you can consistently be competitive but also consistently have the advantage against your opponents when applicable. And so improvements-wise, I think offensively, you do want to continue to see the offense enact a similar game plan as to what it was last week. Have a good balance of the run of the past. That that needs to be established, and that'll be established in closer games. Have a good balance of the run of the past, but you want to see Tanner Mordecai continue to be aggressive. He's going to try, you know, I, I think given his accuracy numbers in the past, you're going to see him improve a little bit on the downfield passing, you know, get some of those timing things, get some of those accuracy issues under control as he continues to gel with his receivers, figure out the way that they, you know, the way that they run routes, their release package, their speed, things like that. Once you can get more accustomed to it, I think that you've got an option and you can kind of be a little better in that regard. So that's, that's something that I'm looking for offensively, defensively though, it's kind of being on the same page and playing cleaner football. You're trying to figure out ways where, you minimize the amount of missed tackles and minimize those kind of mental issues that the badgers have seen and has costed them on certain drives, because the more you can get these three and outs, the quicker you can run your op tempo offense, the quicker you can place the pressure on your opposing team. But also, I mean, overall, it provides you more confidence. It can help you with the flow of the game. And so defensively, I think the, the Badgers, you know, first of all, it's starting strong because that hasn't necessarily been the case in the first two games. Definitely you want to start strong, but it starts, you know, with the mindset kind of thing, seeing how they can improve in week three. I'm looking forward to it because it's an it's an opponent where you're expected to win. The Badgers are favored by about 19 points to, to begin the week against Georgia Southern. But this is an opponent where you're trying to get everything back on track. And that's why even against an opponent where you're expected to win, I want to see pristine execution heading into conference play. You want to see the execution be at its finest. You want to see, uh, you know, both sides of the football being mentally prepared and things like that. And that's what I'm looking curious or curious to see in week three. Now let's talk about the season. Is the Badger season over? They're one and one They just lost to a, you know, an, a, a non-top 25 team. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty lot, It was not a pretty loss. You know, they tried to come back, couldn't finish the game, things like that. But is their season over? No. I mean, it's, I, I, I don't think it's time to jump to overreactions. No fire fickle, no fire trestle. I don't think it's time to jump to overreactions at all. If you look at the outlook of this team, this Washington state team is a good team. I mean, right now they're a top 25 team. You lost to a top 25 team. Now the way you lost isn't the most prettiest, right? But the resilience of this team shows that, they can fight back to show that, you know, they can count on their quarterback when they need it. Some of the questions that you wanted answered prior to the week were answered, just not in the under the circumstances that you might have hoped for, like what Mordecai can do, like how this team can fight back under adversity and things like that. Those are things that Luke Fickle preaches. And I thought that, you know, those kind of things did a solid, uh, they did a solid job with. I think the biggest, the, the clearest number one important game now on the schedule is against Iowa. I think the winner of that likely has the upper shot, you know, the upper echelon on the other guy to make the big 10 championship because I was two and zero, and you know, the, you, you obviously only face them once the season, the head to head matchup is going to be very, very crucial. And so that's the game that is going to now be the most important in salvaging the Badger season and, you know, getting to, excuse me, getting to where they want to be standings wise, record wise, and potentially in the big 10 championship against one of those, Elite Big Ten, uh, Big Ten East teams, and so there's a lot to definitely, um, you know, a lot to definitely talk about in, in, in this one. But I don't think that the season is over, not at all. I think the Badgers still have a fairly solid team that needs to definitely wrink, uh, work out some of their wrinkles. You know, uh, definitely got a, a lot to work on here. But it's a good reset week, a good time to kind of get your feet back together before conference play. And I'm not trying to overlook Georgia Southern either, but. This is an important week for the Badgers to kind of hone in, start executing better, start figuring out, you know, which kind of, what kind of works for them game plan wise heading into conference play, because those conference games is where you truly do not want to lose one step. You want to, you want to make sure you come out strong. You want to make sure you hold the competitive advantage against your opponents and things like that, but disappointing loss in week two, definitely a lot of accountability to be had around the board, starting with the coaches, the players, different, uh, even i mean if you want to see the referees you can i personally i don't tend to try and blame the referees for any loss things like that but you know you can you can you can see it as you wish but i think that there's a lot of accountability accountability excuse me to be had on the board and i think the badgers have some refinement for sure at, in all three categories special teams offense and defense that they've got to work on as well as their coaching you know a lot of refinement that could be had but would caution you guys not to pour, you know, hit the brakes on the season thus far. It's still going to be, you know, I think this Badgers football team is still going to be a pretty exciting team in your, uh, in, in week three. And this is going to be a team that you got to look forward to going forward. Is this the final time that they're in the top 25? Uh, I don't think so. I think you, you still got, you know, some momentum where they can climb back in, they can fight against some of these opponents. And when you look at their schedule, it's not that tough of a schedule this year. It's not that tough of a schedule. The one team that is ranked, or I guess the two now that Iowa's ranked, the two teams that are ranked that they face are Ohio State in week four. Um, and then as well as, sorry, not week four. Ohio State, I forget exactly the week is, but on, on Hall Weekend, it's Ohio State. And then you also face Iowa, who's at the 25 right on the border. But that's going to do it for me. Talked a lot about the offense, the defense, improvements things we want to see, and the season outlook going forward. Make sure you guys hit a subscribe on this video. Make sure you guys check out all the latest at Bucky's Fifth Quarter because we're putting out a lot of fun content. We got some new writers coming in soon as well. So I appreciate all you guys for your support. We'll be back with another video soon.